Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don, where Pastor Don answers all of your questions from theology, parenting, and whether he can tell if you're sleeping in church. Enjoy. Please like and subscribe. Pastor Don. <laughs> Good morning, Alex. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Good. Uh, I was thinking about how hot it is because I was had to, we have the Wednesday coffee hour here every morning. That's right. A bunch of ladies get together and talk and not necessarily just for the ladies, but um, they're the ones who show up. Right. So I had to go down there and hang out with them for a little bit to cool off from setting up. We could challenge the guys, you know, to yeah, get we together could. on Wednesday. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But they bit. get together in the evening. That's right. And we'd had Wednesday it. evening Bible study. That's right. Yeah. We had eight guys here last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Good right. bunch. Yeah. That way you don't have to hang out with your wife. And I'm just kidding. Um, one, one night off. Yeah. That's right. Um, so I was thinking, with the, did you hear about like all the hot, all hot temperatures over in the east? And That's right. They're not used to that in the UK. I found not out that all. only 5% of them have like air conditioning. That's right. It's not normally this hot. No. but And they get really stressed out. But like how hot does it sometimes get? I feel like if some of my life it only gets up, like if my maximum temperature outside is like 80 degrees, I think Where? Probably, Here? Yeah, I there. feel like I'd still probably want some air conditioning, don't you think? Well, I don't mind 80 degrees as long as the humidity is not very high. For me, the humidity is what chokes me out. I grew up in Kansas, and it could be 170 degrees, and, mm. or 107 degrees, not 70, I'm sorry. 107 degrees, and as long as you had... Uh, less than 20% humidity, you know, yeah. you don't notice it. You get up here and you get 80 degrees and 80% humidity or 90% humidity and there's no place for the sweat to go. It has yeah. no place to evaporate. With all the corn. And uh, we'd keep bailing yep. as long as it didn't get above 105 and mm-hmm. get too bad. And then uh, we'd take our shirts off and put them in the stock tank and wet them down and put them back on mm-hmm. again. It's like air conditioning. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I have a brother-in-law who uh, he's going. He's like a professional cheerleader in Utah. Cool. So this kid can do like the amount of times he can spin in the air, like continuously. Like they always win the like national championships and world championships for cheerleading. And so some of these every once in a while we'll get to see him when he comes back for a special event or something, and it's in the summer. And he's like, it like it sucks here. We're like <laughs> what? Why? He's like it's Why only like ninety hot? degrees. He goes, it's ninety. Well, back in Utah, you know, we're out practicing outside and it's 115 or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Low humidity. And they're like, well, that sounds worse. He goes, yeah, there's no humidity. I don't sweat in Utah. Right. Here, I sweat all the time. I can't stop sweating. I'm like, oh, interesting. And uh, fit. He's definitely, cheerleading is like calisthenics on, oh, yeah, on, on uh, steroids. steroids. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, you got to throw people in the air and stuff, you know. And catch them. Yeah. So I was thinking about, you know, like going to church when it's, too hot and there's no air conditioning could you imagine like having like a good sermon that's really going to touch the hearts of your congregation when it's oh they're sweating oh yeah 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 fire and brimstone sermons in the summer really aren't very popular no people are already too hot yeah it's already brimstone man praise the lord for uh, air conditioning that's helped a great deal mm-hmm. uh, a lot of old churches you know had double hung windows and you open that's Still do. the time you open the top of the windows yeah get the heat heat out of the building mm-hmm. And uh, it, what's interesting was when we moved to Iowa, there were still churches that did not have air conditioning because they figured, well, one hour on Sunday, why pay for air conditioning? Ugh. Yeah, that got, and by now, nearly all the ones that are 
meeting it regularly. Thank God for the people who saved money and donated it to the church. Yeah, right. I feel like there probably was one or two people that are like, let's get some air conditioning. Or maybe not. Maybe like, hey, I suffered through it. You guys have to. That's true. Well, and there are lots of preachers that would uh, preach from the passage that we had last week, you know, thinking, like David looked around and he had this beautiful palace. And then he said, wait a minute. We're still meeting over in a tent. Yeah. And so since they were meeting in a tent, he wanted to build a temple, you know. And so that's really a go-to passage for a preacher who wants to at least make sure there was air conditioning. Mm. Yep. I remember uh, thinking there's a lot of, when there needed to be an upgrade to the church or something like that, needed more money in the collection plate, you always hear the pastor throwing around the word stewardship a little mm-hmm. bit more every once right. in a while, trying to yeah. get that plate a little. So every pastor that's listening, remember Second Samuel 7. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That'll build the church, right? Yeah. It, yeah. it didn't build the temple. No. But at least it got everything around for Solomon to do yeah. so. Yeah. Um. So I have a question today. We kind of talked a little bit about, you know, how we, we see ourselves or the world, the worldly part of us likes to feel like they're victims of something, right? Um, that, that's very popular right now is, is victimhood. You know, you, you feel oppressed, you feel like that. So that justifies X action, Y action, something like that. And I was starting to think, you know, it's hard to go out and be a good disciple and you know spread the word of god when you get so much pushback right and i was trying to think of something you know a good example like maybe if i posted to facebook on my personal account you know you know whoever reads this you know all you gotta do is believe in christ and you'll be saved and i got you know i can i can already hear the like scoffs and the moans and ugh, you know except for like a handful of people that already believe you know i'm not mm-hmm. I feel like I wouldn't be changing any minds doing that, right? But how, how do we get the non-believer to um, into that conversation? Right, and that's our part. Uh, basically, we're responsible for the conversation, making sure the conversation happens. The Holy Spirit is responsible for the conviction of that person's soul. Okay. So I think uh, sometimes we almost victimize ourselves yeah. Saying, well, I can't, I can't in this environment share the gospel. Right. But in reality, when we look at the text, it really makes us responsible just for getting the message out. And if you look at the book of Acts, it's full of examples where getting the message out actually brought a lot of heat. Oh, know, yeah. Paul and Silas and, and uh, Barnabas and those guys took a lot of heat. But they approached it with, hey, I'm just bringing you the message. Holy Spirit is responsible to convict your soul. I'm not responsible for get convicting your soul. I don't get noogie points for how many souls right. I, uh, I bring the gospel to yeah. and actually respond to that gospel. But we are responsible for taking the message. Yeah. That's uh, Acts chapter 1, Matthew 28, 19 through 24. Go, go and do this. Uh, but I think we, on the victim side, are saying, well, it's just too much heat to be spreading it. When in reality, hey, just say it. Yeah. Like, I'm friends with these people, and I've got this group of people I hang out with, and if I were to say something like that, I don't think they'd like me very They wouldn't want to hang out with me very much anymore. But I like them. Well, I enjoy their company. Or you could put it in the context of saying, hey, 
I love this dialogue we're having. I just want you to know that I'm coming from a Christian background. I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I invite you into that conversation too. Right. While we're talking about stuff, we could talk about that too. Okay. So in other words, what happens between people is, okay, I come with assumptions to a conversation. You come with assumptions to the conversation. What we want to avoid is the roadblocks in the conversation. Okay. So we lay it down as, okay, we have this relationship. What's safe to talk about? What isn't safe to talk about? And by saying, hey, I, I just want you to know I'm a Christian. You're saying, I add that to the discussion if anybody wants to talk about it. Okay. Rather than saying, I'm a Christian. I want to share Jesus with you, and I want you to be saved. Okay. And it's like, I'm saved, you know, and we, I'm going to convince you that Jesus is Lord. Every time we talk. Yep. Yeah, every time we talk. And uh, that doesn't feel safe to the other person. Okay. The second piece of that is when we bring the gospel to somebody else, it needs to be preloaded with prayer. Sure. I think every Christian sitting in every pew across the United States right now ought to have at least five people you raise in prayer for their salvation daily. And maybe an additional three, three, four, or five that you're raising for their for their health and their wellness and, and things going on in their life. So that we preload any conversation we'd have about who Jesus is, what he can do in your life, and how he can save you with this care to bring them in prayer. Yeah. I mean, if we don't care enough about people to pray for their salvation, do we really care enough about them to involve them in the conversation about who Jesus is? To me, one, the, the prayer part has to come first and then the conversation. Yeah. Because, I mean, because it tempers our, our way of talking. Yeah. It, it adds a sweetness to our words. I like that you said that because I was kind of afraid you're going to say, no, you gotta, you got to spread that message. Get it out there. Well, you do, but you've you got to preload it with that prayer. Oh, absolutely. And that, that conversation with the Lord. And acknowledge it's not going to be you that's successful if mm -hmm. that person comes to the Lord. It's the success the Holy Spirit has had in bringing that person to Jesus. Yeah. I like that you said, you know, you kind of have to make it so that they feel safe too. Yeah. Where it's a... Because I was kind of wondering, you know, can I just, you know, make sure that everyone knows that I'm a Christian. I'm here. I like to talk about it clearly. If anyone's, you know, friends with me, you know, I, they come know. And I put this stuff on the Internet every week. That's cool. I like it. It's interesting. I encourage you. I, in it. You know, and it feels like you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's okay to be that. You've got that part of your persona so you are there open for a conversation when anyone needs it. And you don't necessarily have to go out and bring someone into a place where they don't really feel safe, but it's hard because all I want to do is, you know, convict someone sometimes and be like, why are you so afraid of having this discussion? Let's have this discussion. You're my friend. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I'm charged. I'm Let's ready go. to go. I got all <laughs> this stuff in my head that I would love to just bash you over the head with, just mm -hmm. beat you down, but. But that's the second piece of the conversation yeah. is uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead. Yeah. When I was uh, in Texas uh, working with Time to Revive, one of the things that we do 
prior in, in walking down the streets and, and sharing the gospel is, is we approach every block in prayer, just asking the Holy Spirit to, to lead us to the right mm -hmm. person. And time after time, not only did the Holy Spirit lead us to the right person, but by giving the, the conversation to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would lead the conversation. Yeah. And it's amazing how productive that was. Yeah. I mean, we, we added to the numbers every evening yeah. that came to the meetings. So I, I really believe it's not about us when we come to these conversations of faith. It's about who we are because of who Christ made us to be. Mm -hmm. His work in our life, the movement of the Holy Spirit in our life and our conversations, turning it over. We talk about turning it over to Jesus. Well, let's be specific. I'm going to turn my conversation over to Jesus and ask him to help direct it. Because mm -hmm. I could get way down rabbit trails. Yeah. But it's got to be, it's got to be the Holy Spirit that leads those. Yeah. I like that. Um, I have another question I got from somebody recently about the baptism. Um, and I, I thought, it was, I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good question. It has to kind of do with what is the relationship between you and God during that baptism, right? Why does it have to be public, right? Why does it have to be up in front of the church? You know, isn't the commitment enough? Why do we have to do the symbolic part of it? Right. And people are sort of sheepish about getting wet in front of people, except at swimming pools. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I told you last time, remember, yeah. I did an episode, we should put, a, everyone gets to have, we should put a pool in here. Everyone sits There the you pool, go. But. Yeah. Jacuzzi? No. Jacuzzi in the winter and, uh, yeah. Hey. Yeah, the church basement used to flood all the time. We should and get rid of those sub pumps, and it probably look. would again. Uh huh. Uh, but when we go back historically, Jesus' baptism was public. Yeah, and we we see the, and so we carry our ideas about baptism from what happened at Jesus' baptism, and, and John didn't feel worthy to do it, but John's uh, Jesus made it very clear he was supposed to, mm -hmm. and then. It's not only the going down in the water and declaring ourselves, uh, we're, we're dirty going in, we're clean coming up, and, uh, but it's also that, that Holy Spirit peace, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2. We, we as Christians believe that's part of that baptism. And so the pouring out of the Holy Spirit was a public event. Okay. The baptism of Jesus was a public event. Look at that. Uh, why wouldn't it? I mean, we have the Ethiopian eunuch. It's the only one that I think of as a baptism that didn't happen, at least in a group of people, and at least among family members. That's the, that's the smallest baptism I think there is in the New Testament. I could be wrong, and that's a challenge. Okay. But uh, just the Ethiopian eunuch, it was just Philip and, and the Ethiopian. So this, this, the community... Um, witness is an important piece to God. It uh, is it important to God. I'm I'm not sure I go quite that far, but it's important to the Christian community. In in fact, back in the first and second centuries, that Christian community was so important mainly because of the persecution that was being involved. They protected the community as a hub, as yeah. a unit, and the coming in the catechism piece was checking out to see if you had any 
background that would maybe trip the authorities. Okay. Then the baptism was so complete in the fact that you, you wore those same clothes all the way during the catechism process, during that preparation piece. And so by the time of the baptism, these people were very smelly. Yeah. So you not only went into the water, but you took all your clothes off, all the old clothes, and they scrubbed you, and you got clean. When you came out of the water in that first century setting, then you not only were given new clothes, many times you were given a new name. Okay. Like Saul moved to being Paul mm -hmm. because his old self and his new self were two people, two yeah. different people. That really was one of the symbols of being a Christian in that time because it was like leaving off the old flesh I'm and grabbing now. hold of the new, Ephesians chapter 4, yeah. 17 and following, that, that new person in Christ. Okay. You're, so you're, you're, I'm different now. That's the exactly. whole part of it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, Jesus is changing lives. And I think we dismiss that in this society way, way, way too much. Because the transformation that Christ is seeking to do in our lives is downplayed considerably. Mm -hmm. uh, I still love the lives that I've seen transformed I, especially among working with the alcoholic community, the, the Alcoholics Anonymous uh, celebrate recovery and those kind of places where the person has been down and out and at the bottom end and finds Jesus Christ and a community that's going to support him through this sobriety process. And wow. Yeah. Huge. That's change. exciting. Yeah. It's transforming. So that the person who enters the church before that process is much different than the one that comes for baptism. And at that point, it's a, I'm a new person in Christ and, and it's exciting. Yeah. It's just neat. Oh yeah. You can feel the Holy spirit when you see those kinds of transformations. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's, that's how I see it too. With even with baptism with, you know, maybe devoting something, you know, I guess not like, you know, dedicating your child to the church. Cause well, maybe a little bit, you know, um, you know, that parent is committed to raising the child in the church, something like that. Um, depending on where anyone, anyone's line lays on the baptism, if you should do it at infant you know, or you should do it when you mm -hmm. understand it, uh, it's up for you guys to decide. But yeah, the whole part of the community part of it, I, you know, I see the value, you know, if someone's, you know, a little bit sheepish should do it. I, I get that part of it. And I feel like you should like, shouldn't we be able to say, you know, if you're so uncomfortable with it, you know, let's do it in private. That's your devotion to, but at the same time, I was like, well, we don't want anyone to know about it. Is it, but it's between you and God. My, my, right? my thing is, so I'd have to ask the question. So are you celebrating and worshiping a God of transformation when you, you could. do it in your backyard with just the preacher? Couldn't you? If you give to the church a whole bunch of money and you do it in secret, <laughs> and you do it in secret, you know, that's something that you have done for the glory of God True. in secret. But that's supported by Scripture in Matthew 6. Let so your the, light, right hand not know what your left hand is doing. I don't see that being supported by Scripture in baptism. But it, it does not, doesn't it not fall upon the same line? 
glory to God, I have to play with that because I haven't gone down that road before. See, you're bringing that, you know, that sacrifice, you know, of, you know, of your money or that dedication, that gift. Well, we can praise in private. Yes. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking more of like that dedication. I'm giving this dedicated for your works. The same thing with baptism. I'm dedicating my body washed anew to your works. Okay. No, I understand but, but the community. The, one of the things that I think might be missing, though, is the Ebenezer. Okay, Explain. so how are you going <laughs> to celebrate I've come this far by faith? What do you mean? Well, this, this transformation process that comes before baptism, and I would say there are other places of Ebenezer in our lives where you, you set up a memento, uh, a monument or something saying, I praise the Lord because I'm different today than I was then. And I don't want to go back there. Yeah. The Ebenezer then is that spot where we erect that monument and praise the Lord that we're here today compared to where we were then. Mm -hmm. Because discipleship is not static. If we're not growing in the Lord, then likely we're not growing at all in our spiritual life. And then knowing the fact that we're getting older and time is moving on, we really are falling backwards rather than moving ahead. Okay. You understand? So, okay. Everybody so let's dies. take it as an example. I'm going to be Henri. Okay. Because I'm very good at it. That's fun. So, Alex, have you went back and looked at the first few episodes of what we did with TMAD? Yeah. Have you noticed how you've changed? Oh, the, yeah. Why not celebrate that, Alex? You're a different man than you were sure. a year ago. Yeah. And I praise the Lord for it. Well, I get that. And it's part neat. Of it. isn't I get it? that part of it. Yeah. I understand that part of it. Like, I'm definitely on board with the come do it in public, right? And, I, and, and the person who I was talking to about this, same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, they get it. They know that everyone in the church is going to be happy, you know, happy for them. They're, they'd be excited to see it, you know? But the question is, why is it necessary if it's something between you and God for it to be public? I guess the have to have it public probably isn't as much as why wouldn't you want it public? Yeah. I mean, I think that's yeah. where it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. I, I think... I still, as a pastor, try to do as much as I possibly can to make it comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, even immersions, I say, so what, what are you wearing for sure? Yeah. And, uh, and I, we just need to do that mm -hmm. because it doesn't need to be uncomfortable. Right. There's no point in making it uncomfortable. Yeah. I also, on the flip side, want to make it as meaningful as possible because when it's meaningful, it's remembered. Yeah. And if it isn't meaningful, then it's not remembered. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about how big of a deal it should be. You know, if you're taking that step to be, you know, be baptized for the first time to be born anew, that's a big deal. You should, you should not be nervous about it. Right. But it's understandable. You know, same thing like, you know, coming up and singing a song in church or something by yourself, you know. Um, Amen. You know, I don't have a great singing voice. I'd sure be a little bit nervous. And I'm going to assume everyone is going to enjoy it because they have to. Because they have to. Okay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they have to. They yeah, can't be like, part man, of it. you know, you're a good speaker or something like that. But, you know, maybe let's just uh, 
But sometimes we're harder on ourselves. Yeah, I know. That's 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 what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. And then there's a, a another piece to it. Sometimes it speaks so fresh and original when all of a sudden we feel the inspiration to do it and we do it. Mm -hmm. And we don't let things inhibit us from making it happen. I'll never forget the first time that I led singing on a Sunday morning. And I, I just knew that from the message, it would could go well into the song, just moving right into the song rather than waiting for the worship team to get up and get up in place and all that. Yeah. And, uh, and the church was very good at acapella singing. Sure. Okay. And uh, I had my tuning fork there so I could get the pitch right, which helps. And, uh, and I got my pitch and I started into that song and, and the congregation just moved right into it. And I could move away from the microphone. They took over. But it was a meaningful experience. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've done since because yeah. it, if it fits the situation, it's worth the risk. Yeah. Are there any more things that make... So that might have been uncomfortable that first time. Oh, mercy, bit. yes. Yeah. So that's a good question. I had a different question. This is better. Like, what would be something that now you've probably done a lot of things before where you're like, you had to do that first uncomfortable task, right? You're like, oh, let's, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with this. This makes me a little nervous. And you're like, oh, I did that before. I can do that again. Are there something that you, uh, what would be something that would make you like a little bit nervous to do now? now yeah oh my like has there been anything where you're just like not sure if that would fly in church i'm not sure if that's a good thing to add into that message yeah i i i still am heavy i still have trouble with altar calls what's altar calls when i you know open the altar and say come up and give your life to jesus and i'm still i still have trouble with that um uh boy yeah is it because you don't see a lot of people coming up yeah i don't see a lot of people coming up i don't think that's maybe my gift but uh i still feel feel i see lives being transformed so oh certainly um boy having to do with church i'm pretty comfortable with any everything with church mm -hmm. been at this a while yeah I was just curious if there's yeah. something like Casting that. out demons is hard. Sure. Yeah. I don't think I'm quite ready to do that. And definitely not by myself. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I, I'd have to put it in that. So, we're going to go with casting out demons as the answer? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, uh, Are you comfortable with it? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, no, of course not. Ah. Yeah. You're going to, yeah, Alex, you for sure going to cast out the demons here? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, man, I. No, I you know, zero confidence, but you shouldn't probably say that, right? Whatever you say, Lord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is a good episode. Hey, thanks everyone hey, for joining us. We're we're taping this at a, on a Wednesday, but Dad, happy birthday! Yes, happy birthday. Had a heck of a son. Have a heck of a dad. Yep. Let's Praise good. the Lord. All right, Don. We pray us out. We can do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege you give us to be your people, called by your name, transformed by the life of your Son. Lead us in these days, these days of trials and tribulation, to share your message where your Holy Spirit leads us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us. Join us next week.
got some I got some fun questions for Don that uh are tech related and uh oh, okay. I'm pretty pumped for that. So have fun. Yeah. Okay. All I right. guess I'm gonna have fun. All right, bless you. Enjoy your Thanks week. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless.